Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, y'all. Seven Rounds in Heaven is back. We're brought to you by Sports Drink. Nothing says college football like a program getting our straining order against a conference. It is I, Rob Paul, a.k.a. the booster who approved Dave Doran's extension. Wolfpack up! And with me is AJ... Welcome home, Shoelace Marchese. Lots of Michigan men on the staff now, Rob. I don't know what, what you Ohio State boy is going to do. Well, I'm a Wolfpack man through and through. I'm giving Dave Doran a lifetime extension. I respect that. I, so we'll never talk about the NC State opening on this show. But today we will be talking about all the FBS head coaching changes as we run through the carousel and once again toss arbitrary grades on each new hire. If you didn't get enough of just nine coaching changes yesterday on the NFL show, we've got 29 today. So let's hit it. Going out to Vegas, gonna set my draft, gonna set my draft on fire. Seven, 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 seven. In heaven with my lady Driving out to Vegas, baby Looking for a Stingley or Thibodeau Who's gonna bat it on draft day? Who's gonna wager future picks away? Who's gonna reach for a blue blood lineman? The home team Let's go seven rounds Let's go seven rounds together. Let's go seven rounds forever. And that's a song. Tons of people take a multivitamin, and it's important to choose one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of Athletic Greens, you're absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food-sourced superfoods, probiotics, and aptogens to help start your day right. This special blend of ingredients helps to support gut health, the nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, and aging. It's lifestyle friendly, adapting to a wide range of diets, contains less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no chemicals, or artificial anything. Plus, it costs less than $3 per day. That's less than a coffee. It's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. Mm -hmm. It's just one scoop in a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sports drink again that's athleticgreens.com slash sports drink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance and 
Don't forget, of course, we are brought to you by ColorCast. ColorCast is a live, audio-only sports talk platform, free to download and to use. Talk to other fans, athletes, and insiders in real time. It's perfect for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and reacting to breaking news. Share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS App Store, create a profile, link your Twitter, join the group, and be notified when rooms go live, but don't forget to come with your spiciest takes. How many spicy takes you got on this FBS head coaching carousel, AJ? You want me to be honest here? Yeah. None. I got a bunch of uh, neutral takes. I got 60. You got, so, you got two. Enough for us both. Two for, two each, for each. Plus one? That's pretty good. Plus, plus one. Two. Plus one. I got, I, uh, yeah. I don't know. You do the math. I'm not the math guy. I'm the, I'm the football guy. I'm the letters guy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right, running through this alphabetical 29 head coaching changes, <laughs> sticking grades on them all, going to be a lot of fun. Are we in over our heads? Maybe, but who's who's to stop us now? Uh, and let's get right into it. Akron, the pride of Ohio, the greatest program in the MAC. Amen. Are the Zips are the Zips on their way back to the top because they hired Joe freaking Moorhead as their head coach? Joe Moorhead was getting attention for Power Five jobs, and he ends up at Akron. Now, were those Power Five jobs really interested? Maybe not if he ended up at Akron, or he's decided he's to choose home. Akron over them. He's home, Rob. <laughs> he's home. Um, he was there from 04 yes. to 08. He was OC for yep. a little bit. This is Moorhead's home. Uh, obviously, Moorhead was was at Oregon the last two years. Um after the the weird ending at Mississippi State, two year stint there, uh, after turning Saquon Barkley into a god at Penn State, um, I mean, the rest of the staff is pretty. It, he he went Power Five heavy, uh, which uh, that's not a bad thing, obviously. Uh, he poached Billy Fessler from Ohio State to yeah. be his quarterback coach. Um, that's pretty. That's pretty brought, nice, right? <laughs> And brought David Gilbertson with him from Oregon to be his receiver coach. Those guys are the co-passing game coordinators. They don't have an actual offensive coordinator because Moorhead's going to call the plays. Um, he brought Terry Richardson uh, to Akron, too, who was his assistant head coach at Mississippi State. And Reno Ferry, uh, the Syracuse tight ends coach with him. And those guys are the associate head coaches. Um, and he brought Nick Toth with him from Oregon as well. Like It's a very well-put-together staff for Akron. Like, this would be a well-put-together staff for pretty much any G5 program, I think. But for Akron, this this has to be the most competent-looking staff and the biggest swing anonymous uh, head coach in, in, like, ever. Yeah, I can't imagine a bigger head coach hire for a Mac school. Like, it's it's not possible. It's, it's, pretty, it's pretty amazing. It's pretty damn cool. Like, like, Akron went to two bowl games under Terry Bowden, but other than that, they have, they've pretty much never been – consistently relevant and and terry bowden i don't think actually should have been fired uh and and tom arth was just a freaking disaster so to end up with moorhead in their lap i had to give it an a quickly uh, i'm gonna ask you a trivia question if 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 i may nope all right i was just gonna ask you where where tom arth is coaching now high school in ohio the los angeles chargers (laughs) he's on the staff what, Very weird. what is his what I, is his title? I forget what it was. It's like a nothing title, but he's there. Um, <laughs> I give Drew Moorhead a nine and a half out of ten. Like obviously, when we look at this, you have to take take into consideration with each hire 
more than anything, recruiting is king. But when you're Akron and the recruiting's probably going to be what it is, <laughs> to have a guy like Joe Moorhead who who can elevate your offense in general and bring something to Akron that they haven't had, and that's he's, he's obviously kind of one of the magicians behind the RPO heavy stuff uh, coming from Fordham originally. And, and so I think just that alone trumps anything to do with recruiting for them. And, and obviously they're just going to be able to recruit better because they have a, yeah. a guy like him in the building. Yeah, former SEC head coach for sure. Yeah, and and he again he got it in a bad way at Mississippi State. That was a the, that was really weird how it ended. Um, yeah, he he won two Egg Bowls, and that's the only thing that matters in Mississippi. A- Amen. Moving to another Group of Five program that I think again connected uh, on on a home run level swing, and they poached Jay Norvell from Nevada, who Norvell. One of the the best, I think, group of five head coaches worthy of power five looks. Yeah. Um, I thought had Herm Edwards been out at Arizona State, Norvell could have ended up there. Uh, he coached there in, in 2016. Um, he he replaces Steve Adazio, who's just a complete mess. Urban Meyer was the reason Colorado State hired him, which is bizarre. But um, again, I think we're both huge Norvell, Norvell guys. Yeah. He, he brings this kind of air raid with Matt Mummy, How Mummy's son. Brings that over from Nevada, and, and I'm I'm excited to see what happens because Colorado State is a uh, a G5 program that has so many resources, but they haven't been able to consistently win, which doesn't make any sense. Whereas Nevada has like zero resources, and Norvell was able to to put some strong seasons together there. Yeah, it, it feels like Colorado State should become a force in the, in the Mountain West very quickly. Um, I I totally agree with you. This is a home run. Keeping them in conference is great. Uh, just going from from Adazio to to Norvell, it's like such just like a moral swoon, and plus he's just a better coach, and it's not close. Um, Freddie Banks, the DC, was Montana State's DC uh, last year, and he was with Norvell in Nevada, and, and prior to that. Um, and I I think one of the best the best well obviously when Norvell kind of makes that somewhat lateral move, I think it is a step up just given the resources yeah. again. But he he brought most of his staff with him, and that includes offensive line coach Bill Best, who. Turned out some pretty strong offensive lines at Nevada. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you ready to grade, or you got more on this? this bit? Uh, no, no, no. I, I give it an A. I give it a nine and a half out of ten, baby. Um, my my question is, how quickly do you think? Just before we move on, they they haven't made a bowl game since twenty fourteen. Jim McElwain's last year there, or sorry, haven't uh, had a, a double digit win season. Sorry, since uh, Jim McElwain's last season there. Um, and they haven't made a bowl game in four years. Like, how quickly do you think Norvell can turn it around? Bowl next year, double digits the year after that. Not this year, but the year. Yeah, it's gonna. I I think the only thing is going from like that stupid Steve Adazio. Yeah, it's gonna old school yeah. ground and pound to the air raid might be a little tough, but yeah, I think they're in good hands. By year three, I could see them being a mm-hmm. true contender in the yeah. Mountain West. Agreed. Uh, okay, from from two great G five hires to uh, the worst grade I've given, uh, the University of Connecticut, who's just stuck in purgatory. Um, <laughs> Randy Edsel's second term didn't go so great. He, he ended up fake retiring, retiring. Uh, maybe he was fired. No one's sure. Lou Spanos took over for a bit. Anyway, Jim Moore is the head coach again, and Jim Moore basically said, 
uh, he couldn't get he since it ended in UCLA in 2017. He he couldn't get a head coaching job anywhere, so he jumped at the opportunity <laughs> to take this. Which I just love that. Oh, uh, the worst! This is the worst grade he came out. I can't believe it. Rob. I, I like I said with Lovey Smith on last episode. Uh, this are, you, be, are you happy? This gonna be a one or a ten, and there's nothing in between, baby. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how can he not be happy? All, that's 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 all, for sure. All Jim Mora has to do is win three games, and he's improved. Because they won two games in 2019, one game last year. They didn't play in 2020 because of the pandemic. Smart move. They, like they've won in the last four years. They've won four games. Uh, no one can win at UConn. It's it's Jim Moore's not gonna win at UConn, but it's fucking sick, baby. But but Randy Edsel did win at UConn, but then he didn't win the second time. Yeah, exactly. Um, that that UConn team playing in the Fiesta Bowl, like in retrospect, is just insanity. And Moore's bringing it back. He'll he'll have he'll have UConn uh, right back there. He brought he brought in Nick Charlton, uh, Maine's head coach, That's to be sick. his OC. You gotta love that. Bringing Tr- <laughs> he, Charlton down from the mountains, I love that. He just retained Lou Spanos, <laughs> which I, I don't know. I, I can't even. He worked with Lou Spanos at UCLA, so like I don't was Spanos behind this whole thing. 100 percent, hundred percent. The best hire here is Doug Shearer, who's been the special teams coach at Miami of Ohio the last couple of years. And that, anyway, I give it an F. I think it's hilarious. I'm glad it happened, but I give it an F. I give it a one. Um, I agree. It's, it's like I said, it's a one or a ten. No in between. You, you can't. And it's not the 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 fact is that it's not going to be Jim Mora's fault when they can't win games. It's so much deeper than hiring Jim Mora as their head coach. But it's going to be fun to just blame him. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I don't know. It's it's a, it's 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 a great hire. Even though I'm giving it a one, it's a great hire. For for the. Entertainment, like it's so much better than hiring, I don't know, some middle tier G five head coach. Yeah, no, it is. It's who'd rather have, Jim Mora or or uh, Don Brown? Jim Mora, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but but I'd rather have Don Brown at UMass. And we'll get there. And we will. And that's a tease, folks. <laughs> Move it on to Duke. AJ. Mm-hmm. Mike Mike Shashevsky's last year at Duke. Um, how, what role does that play in David Cutcliffe being out? Uh, I think they just had to like Coach K's leaving. They're they're losing a mic. They had to bring a mic in. That's my theory. That makes a lot of sense mm-hmm. to me. I'm, yeah. I'm bumping I'm bumping my letter grade up uh, one on Mike Elko. Uh, so Duke obviously David Cutcliffe's the the greatest coach in Duke history. Um, Duke went to bowl games under him. Which is like unprecedented. Uh, it, it kind of fell apart the last couple of years. Mike Elko comes in from Texas A&M, where he's been the defensive coordinator in the last four years. Uh, he had he has ties to um, North Carolina programs like like Duke in that they have higher academic standards. Uh, spending t- yeah. Wake Wake and Notre Dame. Yeah. Um, you know what? Maybe Texas A&M. I don't know how how smart you have to be to be an Aggie. You just have to be the um, Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he he hires Kevin Johns, who is Memphis's OC, as his OC, uh, who had uh, spent time uh, at Indiana, Western Michigan, and Texas Tech as an OC. Um, pretty cool. I, I I think that's a pretty solid hire. Rob Smith is his DC, who spent the last two years at Rutgers. Greg, he'd Schiano been in Arkansas. Guy. Yeah, big Greg Shiano guy. 
both both really experienced coordinators who have kind of called plays across the country. Uh, and another Mac special teams coordinator with Patrick Dowdery from Ball State. Big slam dunk. He retains Trooper Taylor as mm-hmm. his assistant head coach. Uh, and he, he hires Jess Simpson as his co-DC D-line coach, who he had been at uh, Miami and with the Falcons. Back, I think Bounced Elko back put, and forth between the two, by the way, which is kind of cool. Yeah, I, I think Elko's put together a pr- pretty solid staff. Um, it, for, I think getting Elko's a pretty good get for Duke because of the combination of his successes being one of the, I don't know, five best defensive coordinators in the country last couple of years, on top of he knows how to handle the higher academic stuff. Yeah, no, I, I think it's a perfect fit. I, I, I can't believe they got someone so high profile. <laughs> um, he put together a pretty nifty staff. He got he got Adam Cushing, who used to be a Northwestern's online coach forever. Uh, Zon Burden, who was uh, Maryland's wide receiver coach as a pass game coordinator, their pass game and run game coordinator. Uh, he's got some Vatek in his past, too. Um, this is super high profile. I think this is a pretty impressive hire from Duke. Um, now it's Duke, so who the hell knows uh, how it works out. But I gave this an eight and a half for Elko. I gave it a B plus. Um, I, I I think especially it looks good getting Elko and then him hiring this staff because mm-hmm. there was like weird whispers that they were gonna hire Jason Garrett. Yeah, that would have been that would have been a nine for me. Yeah, big time. Um, but yeah, so I give it a B plus. Uh, I I don't I don't. It's hard to say because it's Duke, um, but. This staff would I would think would succeed in other situations. So yeah, you have you have to you have to see it uh, as that an unsuccedable situation though. Florida International, who Butch Butch Davis, uh, if you remember, partway through the season, FIU posted on their site that they had a job like job opening at head coach while Butch Davis was still employed. Um, FIU's <laughs> long been one of the most under-resourced programs in the country. Probably the most under-resourced in the FBS. They probably shouldn't be in the FBS. Yeah, they have no money. Uh, it's it's insane that Mario Cristobal actually had uh, success there. Yeah. Um, and, and that Butch Davis also had success there. Uh, anyway, it fell off a cliff. Everything's bad. I'm surprised anyone wanted this job. They hire Mike McIntyre, who Colorado's most successful season of the last decade came under him. It's a pretty good he, get for FIU, right? And and he 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 rebuilt that San Jose State, who's another under-resourced program. Yeah. And he, he had been Memphis's defensive coordinator the last two years. I'm surprised he even wanted the job mm-hmm. because I think if he held out, he could be in a better lower end G five situation. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I I think you're right. Like the fact that they didn't have to hire fucking Jim Mora, <laughs> right? Like I know he has, in, in both his stops. Resort, yeah, San Jose State and Colorado. He has losing records at both, but he he's a, he's more of a program builder, and he he did that at both schools. He brings in Dave Yost as his OC, who cool, uh, was Matt Wells' OC at Utah State, and then it didn't end up going all that great at texas tech but like it's still an interesting hire it's going to be a a, a spread kind of air raidy offense um and then he brings in javon do it as his dc who was uh at ucf and nebraska um and, and most recently north carolina like it's a pretty solid staff given how horrible fiu is 
anyone who uh, who can who can elevate Sefo Lafu and turn him into a beast is is my the kind goat. of coach. Yeah. I give it a B B minus mainly because I just don't think it's possible to succeed here. Um, yeah, I I gave it a seven and a half. I I agree with you, but it's like yeah, FIU did a good job. The best job they could, but the problem is the athletic director is not a seemingly not does not have his shit together. So it's just I feel like it's it's impossible for this to end well. Um, That's fair. Going staying in state, going to. Th- only a slightly bigger program that's slightly less messy. Uh, the Florida Gators replaced Dan Mullen. Goodbye, Dan. Two seasons after uh, playing and winning an Orange Bowl, winning 11 games, Dan Mullen is out. Uh, Billy Napier comes over from Louisiana yeah. where he's bi- biding his time to f- try and find that ideal landing spot, finds it in the SEC. Um, obviously one of the most successful G5 head coaches the last couple of years with Regent Cajun. Has ties to Dabo at Clemson, ties to Saban at Alabama. Uh, hires Rob Sale, who follows me on Twitter, as his offensive coordinator, who, who had. Yeah. Oh, yeah, when been, he was at ULL. What, I remember that now. Sorry. Yeah, because yeah, I, I wouldn't stop tweeting about Kevin Dodson. Yeah. Uh, he was uh, the offensive line coach under Napier uh, for, for three years and then went to the Giants this past year. Fixed Andrew um, Thomas. He fixed Andrew Thomas, that's a fact. And then the co-DCs are Patrick Tony and Sean Spencer. Spencer was one of the best D-line uh, coaches in the in the country at Penn State, and he went to the Giants the last couple <laughs> yeah, of years. The Giants pulls and, are, and, are funny. And, and Tony was uh, Louisiana's DC the past two years, so a lot of continuity there uh, with the coordinator hires, um, and some fun notable staff uh, mm-hmm. too. Former USC receiver and USC receiver coach Kerry Colbert. Uh, Florida great Mike Peterson came over from South Carolina to catch outside linebackers. Jay Bateman, uh, it didn't end well at North Carolina as the D.C., but coming in as your inside linebackers coach, you feel good about that. It's a very well-put-together staff. Napier is a program builder. I like that he he just seems very uh, forward-thinking with the way he's put the staff together, and we, we're both biased. We both love Billy Napier. Yeah, I, one more guy to add there. Corey Raymond, the... Coming in as associate coach and uh, cornerbacks, who was LSU's DB coach for like a decade, mm. and that's and you, really good. Game. Great, great recruiter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Napier obviously spending time in Louisiana. They're going to be able to recruit that state a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sales, one of the best, I think. He he helped develop multiple gems uh, on that Louisiana offensive line. Yeah. Uh, obviously, I mentioned Kevin Dotson, Max Mitchell in this draft. Uh, Osiris Torrance just transferred from Louisiana to Florida. They they they've uh, they've developed talent really well. Now they're going to get a lot more talent, and I like the way Napier went about his first recruiting class. On top of that, it wasn't like a rush to fill it. They they're kind of slow playing it. It's the he seems to understand that it's going to take time. There's not going to be instant success per se. Uh, I I just think it's all going the right direction coming off Dan Mullen. I, I totally agree. I gave it a 9 out of 10. I gave it an A. Um, speaking of uh, of coaches. Uh, <laughs> Great transition. Th- thank you. Jeff Tedford's back in Fresno. Yeah. <laughs> Jeff's back, uh, baby. Obviously, a couple of years ago, Jeff Tedford retired because of medical uh, reasons. Kalen DeBoer takes over as head coach. He he hopped town for the University of Washington. Tedford feeling healthy. He's back in business. Um, I mean, like you can't 
poo-poo this high. Like, I don't like retreads. Fresno State needs to continue to be one of the best Mountain West programs. They've been that. Jeff Tedford's had them there. He won 12 games just a couple years ago. Yeah. The thing that does worry me is his last year he went 4-8. and eight. Um, But it, it feels like it, it's obviously not a long-term play, but having Jake Hayner still there is That's huge. a big, big like to I, bring him back from the portal, yeah. Like, I, I could see this. I, I think part of it is they need to be thinking about who's going to take over when Tedford's done like this mm-hmm. isn't a long-term play i think it's a flat b because of that but he promotes kirby more from receivers coach so see there's a lot of continuity within the staff they they bring kevin Coyle on as the dc which i thought was interesting he, he's the old miami dolphins dc and he worked at fresno state as the dc when uh um tedford was originally yossi yeah. like in the 90s yeah atlanta legends head coach pretty sick it's so like it, it feels yeah. like it, there's not. I feel like there's not a lot to say about this because it's like they're probably really gonna go eight and four with this staff. Tedford knows Jake Hayner. They the keeping Hayner was so big. I just I don't know how 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 much um, staying power it has. Like three years from now, mm-hmm. are you gonna feel great about it? Pro- maybe not. But that's when you start looking for the next uh, uh, like the next Kalen DeBoer for you. Yeah, I, I I gave it a seven and a half. I I feel the same way. It's it's hard to go wrong, but like I I agree. Like it's just, it's safe. It's a it's a super yeah. safe, and I, I just don't think it, it's like um when when you're a California G five school, you should be really near the top of the G five programs, and they have been, and we've seen that. Um, I just don't know that Tedford's the guy to really take him to being a consistent double digit win program. Um, but for the short term, I think it's fine. If yeah, that makes no, sense. No, that's fair. Uh, speaking of programs that once won double digit games, Georgia Southern. You remember that Chad Lunsford first year there, ten games. Well, Chad's out. Chad's gone. See you, Chad. I don't. The the Chad Lunsford firing was super weird. I thought. So um, I I think it was legit just to bring in Clay Helton. Because he got, Lunsford got fired a week after Helton did. It, it was super weird because, like, obviously this season wasn't going great for Georgia Southern, but Lunsford won 10 games, 7 games, 8 games prior to that. Got him three the straight, every year, yeah. Three, yeah, three straight bowls. Um, they had, like, Tyson Summers was terrible there. Uh, it, it just didn't make a lot of sense. Or it seemed hasty to fire him, I guess. Unless the plan, like you said, was they just want Clay Helton, which is I think clearly had to be what it was, and I don't know how good you feel about that. No, I do not get firing a successful coach in that situation for Clay and, fucking Helton, which is insane. Pa, 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 to, like just to pa, pa, think, like Georgia Southern hiring USC's ex head coach is a bad move, but it, but it is. Pa, part of part of it too is Georgia Southern's longtime triple option offense, mm-hmm. and now. Part of the reason they want to move on from Lunsford is they they want to move on from that and bringing in Clay Helton um, is obviously step one in doing that and he brings Brian Ellis as his OC who was with his brother at Western Kentucky the last couple of years had previously been under Helton at USC. Yeah, I do, I don't know. It just seems like it. I don't like it at all. Which yeah, it's funny because I I don't know. I think part of the problem is that it's Georgia Southern who did it, like had a different 
lower end G five program done it, had FIU done it, it'd be like, yeah. great, sure, whatever. Yeah. But it's because of, like Georgia Southern trying to clearly change everything, and I just think it's such a misstep. And Chad Lunsford shouldn't have been fired, I don't think. Uh, and I think they should have stuck with the triple option. It's just gonna it's gonna be a long time to kind of fix this thing. FYI, Chad Lunsford's the special teams coordinator at FAU now. Yeah, it's a, um, it's a big get. And, like, Lunsford had been there forever. He knew how how everything worked. I don't know. They bring Will Harris as the DB or DC, like yeah. which I thought was a solid hire. Yeah. Uh, he had been Washington's DB's coach. Um, they brought Ryan Applin in, who was kind of spurned for that Arkansas State head coaching job, which – and then took the running back coach job. Uh, and he had been with Clay Helton's brother at Western Kentucky as well. He's the former Arkansas State quarterback, if you remember. Good player. Um, I don't know. I give it a D. I just thought it was uninspiring. Three and a half out of ten for me. I yeah, totally agree. Which I, it just seems like, oh, USC's head coach is available. Let's go get him. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, like not re- not really thinking too much about it beyond that. I don't know. Like if if they had a coach that's been a disaster for the last you know four years, it'd be it'd be a little bit better. But they just hired the coach that's been a disaster for the last ten years. You know what I mean? So yeah. Um, Speaking of disastrous uh, coaches, I don't. I don't think there's been one worse than uh, Todd Graham. Todd Graham at Hawaii, very short lived. Uh, kind of was on a Friday night a couple weeks ago. There was there's just so much weird shit happened that ended in Todd Graham being gone. Players entering the portal hating him because he's taking their love of football away. He treats people like shit. That's long been uh, a known secret. Yeah. Um, everywhere he's gone, uh, he, he's known as a kind of a program hopper. He's trying to turn this into being an NFL coach. I don't know what the, how he thought that was working. Uh, anyway, long story short, everyone on the island wanted him out. He's out. They, they, they try to bring June Jones back. He declined. The athletic director, I think, is a little bit of a up to some funny business too, which especially seeing as June Jones wouldn't take the job, they wouldn't give him enough resources. But they bring in old Hawaii legend Timmy Chang, who had been on Norvell's staff at Nevada, who had followed him to Colorado State prior mm-hmm. to taking this. I think this is such a long term play, but it's the right play. Yeah, it's cool as fuck. I mean, yeah, like like June, uh, June Jones turned it down, but I think this is way cooler. Than, than Jones returning. I think if June Jones returned, the ideal thing would have bring bring Timmy Chang with you, like kind yeah. of pair it, because obviously Timmy Chang's um, resume isn't no head coach head coach worthy per yeah. se. Yeah, he doesn't have the but because job. Yeah. but because it's Hawaii, because of the politics on the island, because of how important the culture is, hiring Timmy Chang just seems smart because Todd Graham burned all that. Yeah. Burned yeah. all the goodwill. Yeah. And then Chang, I thought he made some good hires. He kept Jacob Yoro as his uh, DC, who'd been there. He's been on the Hawaii staff since 2017. He's a former Hawaii high school head coach. Uh, he he, uh, he is from the island as well. He brought Ian Shoemaker in as his OC, who had been Eastern Washington's OC and runs the run and shoot, which I owe, like, part of. To have success at Hawaii, I think you honestly you need to run the air raid or the run and shoot, mm-hmm. and the run and shoot's long been part of part of the Hawaii offensive culture. Uh, Todd Graham got rid of that third running pro style, um, so I don't know. Everything it's gonna take forever. They're probably gonna win like maybe two games, maybe less. They don't have a stadium. There's such a mess here. Give Timmy Chang five years, I give it a B. 
I gave it a 7.75. Uh, yeah, I got, like it's. I got some. Uh, there's not. Today, yeah, there's not a lot you, else you could have done. Is was kind of my take. No, yeah. The, the the only thing that makes you, I think, go uh, at all is is just that he doesn't have the resume right now. Right. But in two right. years, three years, four years, he would have. Like you know what I mean. So. Yeah. Lots of Hawaii um, dudes on the staff, like you, like you already touched on too, which is always a good thing. Speaking of former quarterbacks at the schools they now had coaches of. Oh, there's a good transition. Bill- Thank you. Billy Napier left Louisiana for Florida. So, uh, Raging Cajun promoted internally. They've had so much success the last four years under Napier. Um, they uh, they hire their co-OC, Michael DeZormo. Is that how you say it? I think so. Who's a very Louisiana. Who's the star quarterback there yeah. uh, back in the day. He's been on staff since 2016. He, I don't think he has necessarily a head coaching resume um for this type of high profile g5 job but napier turned it into this this more high profile g5 job and promoting internally i think makes a lot of sense when you've had so much success rather than try to hand the reins to someone totally new you have so much more continuity he promotes tim ledger as who's been the receivers coach to oc um, he brings back Lamar Morgan, who had been the DB's coach a couple years ago to DC. A lot of a lot of guys who've coached in Louisiana, both Ledger and Morgan had coached at Louisiana Monroe as well. Morgan played at University of Louisiana. Like they have so much Louisiana in here, and for the Ridge and Cajun to be great, they have to own that basically own the 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 recruits who slip through the cracks and don't end up at LSU, don't end up at SEC programs, and that's I think what the staff is built to do. I like that. And it feels like the Saints just steady in the shit. It's just steady sailing in Louisiana. But I think this one is a way better move than Dennis Allen. Um, so, no, I agree. I think I think that's a smart play. It's just sticking with the staff, like, I said, like you said, bringing uh, Morgan back from Fandy, uh, who, who's been coaching there before, at UL before. It's just it's just steadying the ship. So I give it just a solid 8 out of 10. Um, now, do I expect them to keep up the Napier pace? No, but I I hope so. No, but they they shouldn't drop below winning seven games. No, no, they're going to be competitive every year. I think. So I gave it a B plus. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I said that. You didn't. Uh, and we'll we'll stay in state. Uh, and, and we'll we'll stay in the G five. And we'll go over to Louisiana Tech. Who, I think Skip Holtz kind of got a raw deal. Yeah, I think that's fair. I don't think Skip Holtz should like Skip Holtz has had a, uh, a lot of success. Uh. As a G5 coach, um, he had been at Louisiana Tech since 2013. He Prior to this year, he had gone to seven straight bowl games, I think, and had won uh, 10 games just three in, in 2019. Um, I, I don't know. I didn't like them moving on from Skip Holtz. Uh, but if you can get a slam dunk, that makes sense to me. But they didn't. They hired Sonny Comby, who finished at the year – Strong as the tech, mm-hmm. Texas Tech interim head coach, uh, going two and three, but he won the bowl game. Uh, he had been at TCU as the OC forever. I don't know. I just I didn't. I don't like moving on from Skip Holtz for Sonny Comby. Yeah, I mean, if there was if, if the situation was poor or something, I think Comby's a smart hire. Like I think he he makes sense there. Um, but no, I know I I kind of agree with you that Holtz probably still had a little bit more in the tank there and. The staff company put together is a kind of it's kind of funky too. Yeah, so 
the the co OCs have both been the OCs at West Texas A and M before, which I just thought was so bizarre. Yeah, it is the one co OC uh, Scott Parr was Navarro College's head coach. Yeah. Uh, the other Jake Brown was the offensive quality control coach at Texas and Baylor the last two years. Like yeah. neither of them have great great resumes. They also a... built a Texas strong program in Louisiana. Like everyone's yes. got Texas background. So yeah. you see Scott Power. Which is a great name. I'm sure he'll be a great success with that name. But he was Stephen F. Austin's uh, DC. Yeah, and, and before that, Texas A&M Commerce. Yeah. Why are these guys all coaching at weird Texas A&M? Yeah. Uh, Dan Sharp, the special teams coordinator, had been TCU's for 20 years. Like, everyone on this staff comes from Texas. You're right about that. Which, if they're going to recruit Texas, fine. But you're recruiting against a lot of other... Like, recruiting Texas is great. Uh, if you're in Texas as a G5 school, if you can do mm-hmm. what Sonny Dykes did at SMU, that's great. It's, it becomes harder uh, when you're stayed over, and it becomes really hard when you're not getting the the three stars in your own backyard because they're going to Louisiana uh, or or other, other if other G5 yeah, schools U- are ULM, baby. From, like you're you're <laughs> Louisiana Texan Ruston, right? Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like you have to own every fucking parish in near Ruston. <laughs> and uh I just don't I don't know. It's a weird staff recruiting wise. And it, it, and again, with Louisiana right right there as the G5 you're you're trying to go head to head with uh, at least on paper. I I I think it's pretty clear where the kids are going to want to play. Yeah, and the staff is actually all West Texas too. It's not like they're they're going to the Houston area, which is not too far, right? It's all West yep. Texas. That's that's a. It, I give it a C. I give it a six. Like it's, it's an interesting one. I don't think this can be a catastrophic failure or anything. I just don't think the upside is there. I I don't like the coordinator. Like Sonny Cumbie's. I just the coordinator hires. I just think it's weird. Yeah. The Texas thing's weird to me. Yeah. Um, but hey, staying in the state of Louisiana with a staff that does not hail from there, LSU moves on from Edo. They swing. I guess they hit. They hire Brian Kelly. Um, obviously, they they, they wanted. Uh, they want Scott Woodward wanted Jimbo Fisher to bring him home. Scott Woodward brought Jimbo Fisher to Texas A and M from Florida State. He's known for huge swinging dick hires. Brian Kelly's got to be one of the most successful head coaches to jump from one massive program to another, and people like being like not not thinking he will fail but being like not thinking he's going to reach the heights he's supposed to like lsu you have to win a national championship the last three head coaches did like edo Les miles nick saban all all won national championships brian kelly has to do you think brian kelly's gonna win a national championship at lsu no everything in his resume says he can't win the national championship this is not the guy to bring in to, to bring your team back to glory. Like it's and, and and hey, if he I think part of the problem is like he fired their strength and conditioning coach who'd been there for all three national championships. He t- he, he 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 was moving on from multiple massive recruiters in the state who would have stayed on staff and bringing his guys in and uh he brings Mike Dembrock in as OC who had been uh a, on his staff at Notre Dame before um, joining Luke Fickles as the OC the last handful of years at Cincy. Uh, he brought in Matt House as his DC, who'd been the Chiefs linebacker coach before that Kentucky's DC. Yeah. Like, it's a weird staff. He brought it Brian is. Pulliam with him as a special teams coordinator. The one saving grace to me 
is that he got Frank Wilson on staff to be his running back coach. He'd been at McNeese State as the head coach. It wasn't going great. He was at UTSA before that. But before that, he was one of the best recruiters uh, in the country as uh, LSU's assistant head coach. Yeah. And he's a legendary high school head coach in that state. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'll throw a couple other assistants that are kind of like not bad. But, like, I don't know. It's LSU that you should have great assistants. Jamar Kane coming over was uh, Oklahoma's OLB and, and edge in defensive end um, coach. He's the defensive run game corner in D-line. And, of course, it's Hankin. Sorry, Hankton coming over from Georgia, who was the pass game coordinator on offense plus wide receivers the last three years, and he's coming to take the same role. But it's a funny mishmash, like you just said. And, yeah, I, I like bringing in Wilson. Denbrock's a solid enough. Matt House a little interesting. Um, it just it just doesn't feel like it's going to work. Like, right away, it's just the culture clash and him going to do that goofy-ass talk on, it, the, on the LSU court. and like Doing the videos yeah, and, like, like – Okay, look, Brian Kelly is the funniest person alive. I'll give him that. But it takes more than great comedy to win an SEC love. And, and the thing is, um, you to, to win over the fans in that state, that football crazy state, the, the state where the high-end four stars and five stars from that state are pretty much going to LSU unless you've completely fucked shit up. Um, like, I get in his from his perspective why you would do that. Notre Dame's hard to recruit to. LSU's in theory a lot easier, yeah. but I just think the way he he's gone about it since the hiring, it just kind of put an even more sour taste in your mouth. He's never coached in the South. He he's a Midwest guy through and through. Yeah, he's hired hired guys that are more like him uh, than than what we've seen there in the past. Again, I like the Frank Wilson hire a lot, but the thing is, they've LSU. Uh, uh, like under Ed O was inconsistent as hell, but they won a national championship. <laughs> Les Miles, they 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 won a national championship. Nick Saban, they won a national championship. I don't think Brian Kelly's gonna win a national championship, but I do think he's gonna win ten games every year for them. Yeah, like he's gonna go ten and two. But LSU fans <clears> don't <throat> want that. They want to win a fucking national championship. I just don't think he'll do it. I give it a B because you're still. I think he's gonna be successful. He's just not gonna reach the heights they want. I think I think just Brian Kelly doesn't have the magic to him. Like. Every single one of his teams – I was going to talk about this a little bit more with, with uh, Marcus Freeman. But, like, his teams are always just, like, you know, overhyped and letdowns. And they're always overrated because it's Notre Dame. But, like, these teams just never seem to have that much soul to them. I don't know. You know what I mean? It's just they get to – if he makes it to the playoffs, they just they just crumple. And, yeah, they're outmatched usually. But there's just not a lot of fight in them. And um, I think that's a reflection of Brian Kelly. And, um, yeah, I don't think it's going to work. I, I give him a six and a half. Um, over under eight and a half wins year one. Uh, under year one, I, I think probably eight. Okay. But I, I are you with are you with me that like he's not gonna he'll he's do not fine. gonna not have yeah exactly yeah. he's he'll just not fine. gonna like he'll probably honestly he'll probably be there for like at, over five years and win well over 50 games but i just don't think i don't know yeah it seems like he's just gonna be there until lsu really falls in love with the candidate yeah uh moving or he retires moving east but staying in the south miami the u is the u back yeah yeah they 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 finally go all in and spend money they replace manny diaz who got a raw deal with mario cristobal another huge in, in a Year where the the head coaching market was slim, a lot of programs made massive moves, 
threw money at coaches at, at other big programs and attracted them. Mario Cristobal comes home. Unlike Brian Kelly, he's been in Miami. He played at Miami. He is. He Miami. had success. He is Miami. Uh, he's yeah. from Miami. Uh, he had success as FIU's head coach, as I previously mentioned. Uh, obviously, uh, kind of rejuvenated his career with Saban. Ends up at Oregon. Has success there. Um, so at, at, at first, uh, like that, that was awesome. But the staff came together really slowly, and it was like, hmm, this could be weird. And then it ended up being a really. He put together a really strong yeah, staff. It's somehow. a really good staff. Yeah. They they took their time with it. Uh, the other thing is Dan Rakovich came over from Clemson as their athletic director, and he had a huge, huge impact on, on Clemson becoming a national power with Dabo. So that's another massive hire where Miami's rarely put the resources into the football program. Uh, Which makes hiring sense. A guy, not. Hiring a guy like Rakovich is a big step in that changing. Um, and then he, he obviously... Cristobal hires Josh Gaddis as his OC, who just won the Broyles Awards, Michigan's OC. Hires Kevin Steele as his DC, who had actually just taken the Maryland DC job and kind of spurned them for this job. Um, that's like an old Wiley SEC defensive coordinator yeah. and a young up-and-coming, uh, exciting offensive coordinator under uh, a head coach who's had success in the power at the highest level of the Power Five. Um and is like known for developing strong ass offensive lines. Yeah. I don't know. It just seems it seems like it's all gonna work out pretty damn well. Yeah, like like obviously Miami guy amazing fit. Cristobal did a good job at Oregon. There was a couple flaws at Oregon, but like with the staff he's brought in, uh, not to mention like some cool assistants like Charlie Strong's back, baby. Kevin Smith's the running back coach, uh, the old UCF running back, awesome. Uh, uh, Jamila Die from um, Georgia's DBs coach coming over to coach the DBs there. That. That one shocked me because when when he left West Virginia for Georgia, I was like, "Oh man, his next job, he's going to be a DC at a high level school." Mm-hmm. He he did such a great job at West Virginia, does yep. a great job at Georgia, and the fact that this is kind of maybe even a step down, it, I think it really says a lot about what Cristobal's doing here. Well, when you can coach with Demarcus Van Dyke, you, you take the chance. Uh, Frank, um, Frank Ponce is their quarterback's coach. Pretty in- interesting. He's a Satterfield that, that, guy, App State guy, but yeah, deep that was Miami roots. Deep Miami roots. Yeah, so. yeah. And, and Alex Mirabal coming. He's always been uh, um, Chris Ball's right hand mm-hmm. man. Him coming with him makes total sense. You're like Charlie Strong knows that state really well too. Joel Salavai, who is a West Coast guy, but I yeah. like that as your D line because he yeah. he done a good job at Oregon. Um, this is a strong staff. I give it an A. Yeah, with, with the way the ACC is right now, I think Miami's back to the top of the conference quick with, with this staff. Um, quickly, I just think Gaddis is perfect for for Cristobal too. Like he, he's he'll buy into that hard nose, you know, off the line first style of Cristobal. But then like 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 Harbaugh, but then he's got his little twist on it. I think it works perfect. Um, also, like kind of cool that like both quarter coordinators and Cristobal have coached under Saban at Bama. Um, I, I think this is this is amazing. I think this is set up perfect for for Miami. Uh, just, just those little, little flaws on Cristobal that I hope don't, don't come out. But it's better, it's better when he's at home, you know. Nine out of ten for me. I think part of uh, the, the, the flaw thing, uh, especially just Justin Herbert always comes to mind. Yeah. Is it was just Mario Cristobal is a a guy who wants to run the fuck out of the football and, and lean on his offensive line. So if he doesn't have a good play caller in there, so I think Gaddis is perfect. Like that exactly is like um. When you have a more conservative conservative play caller, like I don't think Cristobal's going to pr- 
necessarily object. But when you get a guy like Josh Gaddis, who, who again, he, he, he mixes the ground and pound with the, the, they've ran so many fun trick plays this yeah. year. Like, I think he's a creative, but fits the crystal ball vibe. And it's, it's funny that he ends up there because it basically seemed like because of the Harbaugh Literally. Minnesota Vikings thing. Yeah, it was, it was. Yeah. Um, yeah, that, uh, that's my, if Miami can't turn it around with this group, then Miami will never be back. It's never happening. I totally agree. Because it, it, again, it's not just crystal ball. It's Dan Rakovich. That that's I think the more important name actually. Uh, jump into Nevada, where obviously Norvell left for Colorado State. They uh, they go back to someone they know fairly well, Ken Wilson, named as the head coach. He'd been at Nevada eighty nine to twenty twelve. <laughs> uh, after that was coaching linebackers at Washington State. Was on Crystal Ball staff at Oregon as the co DC. Um, this seemed like a safe higher i think it like it nevada was put in a shitty situation losing a a, a cat like norville yeah but they just didn't have they couldn't pay him so they bring in a guy who i think ken wilson's a steady hand Derek sage is your oc he'd been the special teams coordinator at ucla so that's, that's kind of yeah. very weird one year under uh, mike leach which okay. i think is kind of what you're getting there yeah have you ever so they're they their co-dcs are kwame Aguiman, who had been Oregon's defensive analyst last couple of years, so he's with Ken Wilson in Oregon. Coach all over the place, and, yeah. And Mike Bethay, who, have you ever heard of Ottawa University Surprise? Because that's who he's the defensive coordinator for. No, and there's, isn't there another Ottawa University, too, in the States? I think so. Yeah, because uh, uh, is it Ottawa, Kansas? Yes, yeah, but like that. But what kind of name is that? Ottawa University Surprise. Surprise! Sounds- it's called Surprise? Is that what it's really called? Yeah, o- O-U-A-Z. Ottawa University Surprise. Arizona. Like, isn't that just the weirdest name? Is it, is it, hold on, is this, is this a bit or is it actually called Surprise? I thought it was Ottawa University, Arizona. T- type in Ottawa U-A-Z. Ottawa University Surprise. It's a Christian school. It's it located is. in Surprise, Arizona. It's Ottawa University at Surprise, Arizona. Go Spirit. So you can just say, oh, yeah. So anyway, that's my biggest take about Nevada is I found out this school exists. No, I know um, this school. Yeah. They, they hired Jay Bolden as the special teams coordinator. He'd been at Ohio State. One of the biggest, smartest things Ken Wilson did was he kept your guy, Tawa. Yeah, baby. For at, sure. As the, the running backs coach uh, and, and assistant head coach. I think that's, that's always good because he could have easily followed Norvell. He should have been head coach. Um, maybe he will be. Maybe that's what he's waiting for. Uh, I give it a B. It's fine. Like I, there, I, there's not. Yeah. Like I, I think the, the the they'll stay as a bowl contender with this hire. I give it a seven. Yeah, I kind of agree. It's just, yeah. I think Derek Sage is the weird one. The yeah, that's especially because can like when you you see a weird offensive coordinator hire and the head coach isn't an offensive guy. Yeah. Like this is going to be a first time play caller who. Coach T- hey, Greg Dulcich, heck of a tight end prospect, though, AJ. <laughs> Good point. Good point. <laughs> so, um, moving to the, the school I give the highest grade to. Mm-hmm. New Mexico State. Have they ever been good at football? No one's sure. But hiring Jerry Kill was just, I think they put a smile on everyone's face. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, uh, AJ, New Mexico State, since the year of, in their history, have been to... Okay, the, the, they won the Sun Bowl two years in a row in 59 and 60, and since then they've been a one bowl game, uh, was it which was Mexican 2017. Bowl? It was the Arizona Bowl. 
Um, so they fired Doug Martin. They hired Jerry Kill, who is, I think, best known for uh, being the head coach at the University of Minnesota. Mm-hmm. Had some pretty solid success there. Uh, had previous previous to that been in the, uh, at Northern Illinois. Um, spent the last year, couple of years, kind of bouncing around with like fake jobs, just hanging out maybe. Yeah, he's, he's, uh, he's living the life. He went two and two as TCU's interim head coach. He was the assistant to the head coach at Vautech. Like, I don't know. It, it's super weird that Jerry kills back in business, but he's healthy and he, I think, is a guy who he's not gonna like bring New Mexico State to a bowl game. But what he will do is he'll lay some groundwork for them to not be as much of a joke, I think. Um, and he's just such a lovable person. Yeah. And he brings t- Tim Beck as his OC. He, he, he had been at TCU with him. And he's got a ton of head coaching experience. He's a former Pittsburgh State head coach. Um, his defensive coordinator is Nate Dryling, who had been Southeast Missouri State's inside linebackers coach. It's a weird – it's like – I know it's not going to – like they're probably going to win one game maybe – but I give it a quadruple A+. Plus. Uh, and Dryling also, uh, he was Pittsburgh State's D.C. in 2018-2019. Uh, Jerry Kill's first job, uh, first D.C. job was at Pitt State. So I think he's just like reuniting the, the Pitt State boys and letting them shine. Kind of like that. Which makes it even better. Quickly, I want to go back to Doug Martin because he's like maybe the most forgettable um, D1 coach in America. Uh, he won 25 games in nine years. Like, Is that just living the life? Like, there was zero pressure on him. And I finally, forgot like, he was there for so long. 25 games in nine years. And finally, like, it's like, you know, when they come to old Doug's office, they probably had to, you know, take the dust off the door, and he's just sitting there, and he's like, Doug, Jerry's coming in. But like, okay. And he just walks away. Like, I don't, he barely won any games at Kent State in, in the in the from 04 to 2010. Like, he's just living – like, he must have the best life. Just raking like, in money. I'm sure he's not – you know, not big contracts, but there's no pressure on that man. Like if you're if you're him, why would you want to coach? Just hang out now. Oh yeah, he's gotta be done. Just it's, hey, this is my theory. He's, he'll go to Pittsburgh State. That's my that's my theory. Oh, that would be such a twist. Um, uh, I gave it a seven out of ten, but it's like so hard to grade it. I think I, double A plus what, what, is the right answer. For, for for programs like New Mexico State, UConn, UMass, a lot of the time I'm just like, what are they supposed to do? I think all three of them killed it this year. For the purpose of. Us having fun, yes, correct. Yeah. yeah, Jerry Kill's the only the only one I like. I love Jerry Kill so much. Jerry Kill to me is like kind of like a grandfather figure to to all college football fans. So this is great. I think like the only way those programs can have success is like if some sort of like wunderkind, you know, was homegrown there somehow, and he's like, yeah, I want this job, and he elevates them. You know what I mean? Like that's that's the only way. And then he would jump ship for a better job, like Randy Edsall. He's, he's the wunderkind. <laughs> yeah. Well, AJ, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially during cold and flu season. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. Yes, that's right. It's Athletic Greens. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash sportsdrink to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And remember, we're also brought to you by ColorCast, the live audio-only sports talk platform that's free to download and to use. It's the place where you can share your own experiences on the app. All you need to do is download the ColorCast app free in the iOS app store, create a profile, 
link your Twitter and join the group. Uh, and be notified when rooms go live. You know what was a live room, AJ? There was a live room in South Bend when mm-hmm, they announced mm-hmm. Marcus Freeman as their head coach. That's a good point. Uh, obviously, Kelly leaves for LSU. Marcus Freeman spends one year as the D.C. at Notre Dame, takes over as head coach. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. <laughs> uh, retains Tommy Reese as his offensive coordinator, who has been at Notre Dame since 2017, obviously played quarterback there, uh, has been the OC at Notre Dame the last two years. Um, he, Marcus Freeman is the only person I feel like they could have hired to make everyone who hates Notre Dame kind of like Notre Dame. Yeah, exactly. Because that's, yeah, that's how it worked for both of us, I think. Obviously, Marcus Freeman played at Ohio State, so I'm biased, but you love him because he was Cincinnati's defensive coordinator under Fickle. Um, he, he, he knows Indiana, too. He spent time at Purdue. Uh, who hasn't? <laughs> good point. Um, his defensive coordinator hire of Al Golden. What What are your thoughts on that? I don't know. It's so random. Obviously, he was the Bengals' LB coach. Doing doing a good job. Uh, obviously, and, and, and pro- like famously, he, Miami and Tampa's old head coach. Yeah, I kind of like bringing uh when, when you're young guys like Freeman and Reese, yeah. bringing a guy who's yeah, it hasn't been great great success, but he's had some success both uh, in the, the, in the G five and the P five. So yeah. yeah, I do. He, he spent the last couple of years coaching the Bengals and the Lions uh, linebackers. Um, but I don't know. It, it's it's hard to judge this one just because I forgot about Al Golden for so long. <laughs> and now he's back in my life. Um, no, I think it's kind of corner- – it's, it's smart. I mean, if it, if like, if it was the roles were flipped and he was the OC, I wouldn't like it. But knowing that it's Freeman's defense and you got that old steady hand kinda, on the wheel with it, him, like, I don't mind that. It's kind of the opposite of what we were saying, where Ken Wilson's hired Derek Sage just total unknown at OC. Yeah. But Ken Wilson's a defensive coach, so you're not – like, it makes you feel worse. But because Marcus Freeman's a great defensive mind, you feel better about mm-hmm. Al Golden, and it's more of a steady vet. Um, they they bring in Brian Mason as the special teams coordinator. He'd been at the, with the Bearcats the last couple of years. Pretty strong group of coordinators. And then – he, the way he filled out his staff, just slam dunk after slam dunk. Harry Highstand, High who just flip-flops between being Notre Dame's offensive line coach and the Bears' offensive line coach, he's back. He had been Notre Dame's O-line coach from 2012 to 2017, developed some some big-time NFL offensive linemen. Yeah. So that's slam dunk. Brings in uh, Dylan, Dylan McCull, McCull? 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 Yeah, who had been the Chiefs' running back coach, but... Last year with Indiana's head co- assistant head coach and running backs coach. Yeah. Uh, he He's one of the best recruiters in the country. Um, they retain Chris O'Leary as the DB's coach. Uh, they bring in Cha- Chauncey Stuckey uh, from Baylor as the receiver's coach. They bring in Al Washington, who had been Ohio State's linebacker coach, uh, to be the D-line coach. And they bring, they, they uh, retain Mike Mickens, who was Cincinnati's corner coach under Marcus Freeman a couple years ago. Yeah, I think the only... Uh, the flaw here is that they they lost Mike Elston to Michigan. That's it. Everything else is great. Everything else looks, looks gold and no pun intended. Um, <laughs> so I think like you talking about like it makes Notre Dame a lot more likable. I I totally agree. And I think this is an upgrade. I think this is an upgrade on Brian Kelly when it's all said and done. And like I talked about earlier with Kelly, it's just like a program that was so marred in like just not good enough under under Kelly. Like teams that it's it's, it's win, also but like consistently overrated and underperform. Like yeah. It's also really interesting that multiple Notre Dame staffers chose to stay with yeah. Marcus Freeman and then go to Louisiana yeah. State with uh Kelly. Yep. And I just think Marcus Freeman's gonna make this team a lot more likable and Notre Dame's really hard to make likable. Um 
And I think they're going to recruit – like, not that Brian Kelly was doing a bad job recruiting. Well, Freeman but I think was the they best, can, best one on staff. They, they, they can go up another notch. Yeah, yeah with uh, – because, again, Notre Dame's not the easiest place to recruit to. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know. What would you give it? Yeah, yeah. I, no, I totally agree. Like, not losing Freeman means so much more than losing Kelly. Um, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. I gave it an A. Uh, going to another big program that, that lost their coach to another big program. Um, Lincoln Riley leaves USC because he wasn't going to LSU in the middle of the night. Or leaves for USC, I should say. Uh, Oklahoma then brings in uh, a guy they know fairly well, Brent Venables, who had been at Clemson in the last 10 years or so. But prior to that, had been at Oklahoma's DC for uh, just over a decade. Yeah. Um, it didn't end well at Oklahoma for him, but I guess that that's in the past. Uh, he hires Jeff Lebby as his OC, who was under Lane Kiffin at Ole Miss um, the last two years and had been at UCF with Dylan Gabriel, who's now the quarterback. Uh, that, that I mean, Baylor shit removed. That's a solid mm-hmm. hire. Yeah. Uh, Look, I, I, quickly on that, like, I think Lebby is a pretty good OC. Um but you know, just standing with Art Browse, and especially today when Browse is back, I know in college football, it's just, it hurt the grade because I'm doing this today. You know, like it's just it did. It, it, anyone tied to that uh, yeah. to, to Baylor shouldn't be allowed to coach college football. Um, yeah, Grambling still like I don't know how that's allowed, but it, Doug Williams told the athletic director not to do it, and if you're it's fucking fucked. ignoring Doug Williams, yeah. like that's insane. Uh, anyway. Ted Roof is the defensive coordinator. I think this is terrible. Ted Roof is bad at de- being a defensive coordinator everywhere he goes. It's helped by the fact that Brent Venables is one of the best defensive coordinators in the country. But just seemed weird to me that Ted Roof was uh, was the hire. Yeah, by the way, he went six and forty-five at Duke. Yeah, terrible, terrible. I mean, uh, he got he got Todd Bates over from Clemson as the uh, he was the defensive tackle. That was a bit, the huge get. Yeah, and and Jay Valet, who was the huge Bama's, get. Yeah, so I I ignore the roof thing a little bit, especially when it's Venable's team. You know what I mean? And they got them. It's just give him his old two buddy great, Ted. Or B- Bates and Valet, two great recruiters, um, great developers. Mm-hmm. Uh, Valet in, in the secondary, Bates in the D line. T- T- is Ted Roof just like the old man in the room, and Brent yeah. Venables is actually running the room? Yeah, that's exactly it. Um, huge coach that they retained from the Riley staff, Bill Bendenbaugh, mm-hmm. not going to USC, staying at Oklahoma. He's been the offensive line coach since 2013, developed some great NFL offensive linemen. That was big. Uh, bring in Joe John Finley as the tight ends coach. I thought was pretty big. He's developed some great tight ends between Missouri, Texas, and Ole Miss. Retaining Cale Gundy as a receivers coach, big. And retaining DeMarco Murray as the running backs coach. Yeah. I this I'm not I'm still not sure how I feel about this. Like I think Brent Venables is a good coach. Obviously, like you touched on, he's got the Oklahoma history. Um, I think it's like a safe move. I I think Venables is more yeah. than earned his chance to be a head coach. Uh, but I don't know. I I don't think he's the one to lead Oklahoma into the SEC and win divisions. Whatever. I think crazy part of geography it is they end up doing. Yeah. Those the the defenses under Lincoln Riley would have got smoked in the SEC. This is their change of pace. They're trying to get more on to an SEC level in terms of what this team looks like they're gonna be more hard-nosed under brent venables mm-hmm. play. like the, like we said they, they've hired some great assistance for recruiting to that defense offensively levy's gonna run a very wide open pass heavy uh, or fast attack um which it, it's gonna be an interesting combination yeah uh i'm not saying this is better than having lincoln riley obviously 
Um, but Oklahoma's also Oklahoma and Ohio State are like kind of the two only programs that have never had a downturn. So yeah, history says like Brent Venables probably going to win ten games every year. History's changed. I know. With SEC, I, though. It, it, it will, but until then, like they're they're I think they're like they're in fine hands, and I I don't know Brent Brent Venables. I don't know. Like I, I have a hard time seeing Oklahoma just not being good, even as they go to the SEC, because they've never not been. Yeah, I think it. Like I, I give it a B plus. I, I obviously it's a downgrade, but this is like the best they could have done. Yeah, I give it a seven and a half. So I didn't like shit on this grade or anything, but I just don't. I don't know what they could have done, but I just don't think it's good enough. I just need to know why Ted Roof gets every chance he wants to be a defensive coordinator. He's the goat. This is like his tenth school. He's never been good. <laughs> He's the go. Leave him alone, Rob. Come on. Uh, okay, now jump to a school that also had their coach spurn them for them a, for greener valleys, greener pastures. Uh, Mario Cristobal leaves Oregon. Dan Lanning comes in. Georgia's defensive coordinator the last three years. Um, had been at Alabama under Nick Saban for a time. This one's weird because this was Justin Wilcox's job, Cal's head coach, and he ended up declining. Uh, despite everything Cal's kind of put him through in that's recent weird. years, that, he, he chose to weird. wait that out. Yeah. And, and Wilcox is like coach at Oregon. I think he played at Oregon. Um, everything about Justin Wilcox spurning Oregon's weird. Yeah. Uh, which that that that's kind of in the back of your head. I don't know if Dan Lanning was ready for a job of, th- not necessarily a job of this caliber, but a job in this location. Like recruiting yeah. to Oregon is tough be- because it's such a hard place to get to uh mario cristobal did a fantastic job recruiting california but mario cristobal we know is a a master class at recruiting but landing comes again from kirby smart from nick saban he should be too um i just think this one's going to take a little bit more time and i don't love the hire of kenny dillingham as his offensive coordinator yeah i don't really like the the staff he put around him like yeah like i don't hate dan landing whatsoever i think it's a smart long-term play for them Maybe you you're hiring him a year or two earlier than you want to. Yeah, but whatever. But yeah, hiring Kenny Dillingham who's not really had any success as an offensive coordinator. He's very young too, FYI. He's like thirty or thirty three or something. Uh, Tosh Lupoy, who'd been the Jags D line coach, the Falcons. Like he's a Bama guy, uh, so that's obviously the connection to Saban and Kirby. Um, yeah, at least so. So with with Dillingham, not really West Coast ties. He he was he's a Norvell guy back to like Arizona State, but. Like, Lou Point's got Cal and, and Washington roots. Uh, Junior Adams is kind of, like, there with Dillingham, too. Uh, he was a Washington OC last year. Like, lots of, like, wide receiver experience in the Pacific Northwest. Um, not a lot of OC experience, though. I, I think, ultimately, uh, like, Landing not being a West Coast guy is helped yeah. by the fact that he is a, from what I understand, going to recruit his ass off. But it, it's all hurt by... Like, I don't know that Dillingham and Lupoy are going to be great coordinators. Yeah, like, I, I don't know how I feel about Lanning. I think you kind of put it well, though, is that, like, in a couple years he would have had whatever job. Like, so I think that's fair. Like, he obviously did an amazing job this past year and he, since he got there. But it is hard to separate what Lanning has done and what, what, what Kirby was doing, you know what I mean? And he was yeah. originally a Todd Graham guy. And so um, I, I don't really love that. <laughs> but, yeah, I don't, I don't know. And I think also just what, what – what leaves the taste, the bad taste in the mouth is that, you know, Oregon's been the top dog in the Pac-12 and 
with them losing Cristobal and Lincoln Riley coming to USC, it's like the, the tides are changing. Uh, also, I'd like that, like, Kenny Dillingham hasn't been anywhere long enough for you to really have a great idea <laughs> yeah. of who he is as an offensive coordinator. Yeah. Um, also, they hired Adrian Clem, uh, the Steelers' offensive line coach, as their offensive line coach. And as did, a Steelers a fan, I can't. Year. I can't say I was upset with losing him. Uh, I, he's got Pac-12 ties, though. He's at UCLA for a handful of years. I don't know. I give it a B minus. Yeah, I give it a seven. So right there. More to do with the staff than landing specifically. Yeah, and I just think it's just the whole atmosphere. I don't. I don't know. Uh, jumping into Texas now, Southern Methodist loses Sonny Dykes at TCU. Uh, go back to a familiar name, Dykes' old OC at SMU. Rhett Lashley comes over from Miami. Uh, hires Casey Woods as his OC, who is Missouri's tight ends coach. Hires Scott Simons as his DC, Liberty's DC. Uh, and Craig Navare as his special teams coordinator who had been at USC. Um, I didn't find... Rhett Lashley's been very, like, all over the place in terms of having some success early at Auburn, kind of crashing into him at UConn, kind of revitalizing himself a little bit at SMU. Had some success in year one at Miami, not mm-hmm. so much this year. Like, he's very much been all over the map. SMU had, had had a chance, I think, to really elevate uh, because of the way Sonny Dykes yeah. re- recruited uh, uh, Dallas-Fort Worth. Um, I, I, and I get wanting that continuity with Lashley being a Dykes guy, but I didn't like this. I, I think it's very bleh. I give it a C-. minus. Okay, I'm a little higher on it than you. I Like, yeah, like Lashley did a good job at Miami when things were going well, and then when they weren't, he did a shit job. <laughs> I still think he's he's got something to him, but you're totally right. He's up and down. Uh, I, I think I don't know. Got, he was a he's Gus Malzahn's best friend for life, and then Gus Malzahn won't even hire him anymore. <laughs> I think just going back to you know Dyke's old OC. Um, I don't know. I think he'll he'll not elevate them, but he'll he'll keep the run going for a bit. You know what I mean? I give it a seven. Um, Woods, it's hard to judge. Like, he'd been yeah. UAP's head ends coach. He's kind of out of nowhere. Simon's did a pretty solid job at Liberty, given what yep. Hugh Freeze was doing on the other side of the ball. Uh, I think Simon's a pretty pretty low-key kind of kind of nice hire. He he knows how to call a defense that has the off- his own offense working against it because of the play speed, which Lashley's going to play fucking fast. Yeah. So I do appreciate that. Uh, I just, I don't know. I, th- I thought they could have swung a little hard- harder. It just felt like they chose to go with a Dykes guy. Instead, even though all of SMU hates him now. Uh, but speaking of him, yep. he's at TCU. Gary Patterson finally out. Jerry Kill came in, won two games. Don't forget <laughs> it. Uh, Dykes went 30-18 and 18 at SMU. Very much revitalized that program, especially the way they recruited. Uh, that came after a, a troubling stint at Cal where he just – he shouldn't get too far from the state of Texas. <laughs> and that's what happened at Cal. He, Agreed, yeah. But uh, he, he did have Jared Goff, so that's a first overall pick developed by Sonny. It's almost like he doesn't uh, get credit for it. It's kind of funny. He's just like, oh, he was bad and, at Cal. But yeah. And pr- prior to that, he'd been Louisiana Tech's head coach. Um, him and Son- Sonny Cumbie kind of like just trade jobs sometimes. Um, so D- Dykes, when that TCU job came open, everyone was like, oh, it's Sonny Dykes, and that's exactly what happened. Uh, he brought... Lincoln Riley's brother Garrett uh, with him, who had been SMU's OC, so he's the OC at TCU. He brought Joe Gillespie on I as his like DC. That. Yeah. that was a really good hire. Yeah, I totally agree. And I, that bumped, that two, bumped a little bit for me. Yeah. Two reasons. Gillespie did an awesome job with Tulsa's defense the last couple of years, and More he has deep ties as a Texas high school head coach. Um, and 
Dykes obviously made recruiting a priority at SMU, and TCU gives him a chance to, to do that and, and kind of take it another level, and Gillespie's a good guy to have in there for that. And, and Gillespie keeps the three three five tradition alive, too. Which oh, which true! I, which I like. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I like it. I, Sonny Dykes just feels right for TCU. It, it, this all just feels right. Um, uh, and, and Garrett Riley is going to kind of bring that that offense, I think, up a, yeah. up a, an offense it hasn't seen uh, in, in a long time. Um, and, oh, and, and their special teams coordinator was Texas Tech, so another Texas guy, Mark Tomerdahl. Uh, their assistant head coaches were Shad Samples. He was with Dykes, big recruiter uh, at SMU. They keep Malcolm Kelly and Doug Meacham on staff, which both those guys have been there for a while, and I like doing that. Keep some continuity. I gave it an eight and a half out of ten. Okay, uh, you're you're a little higher on it. I give it a B plus. Okay. I think I was, part of it though is like, I don't think TCU has the ability to ever reach some of the heights it did under Gary Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. Like sure. th- those times have passed, so they have to kind of re recalibrate what their goals are as a. As I a think program. this is the best what they, they could have done. No, I, I I don't disagree. Yeah. I don't disagree. Um. Going to Temple now, where Temple used to be the school that like just pr- kept producing mm-hmm. head coaches, and then they hired Rod Carey, and that just fucked it all up. Yeah, so I was <laughs> like, when when Temple and, hired Carey, I think we did this show, and I think I liked it a little bit because I love the Mac. Well, but like, do you, do you remember? Do you remember they 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 hired Manny Diaz first, and then yeah. like a week later he took the Miami job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think you you didn't like the Carey hire. And you're right, and like you said, Temple's a stepping stone job, and I kind of feel like like Stan Drayden is kind of like right in that like he's the next candidate to use Philly's launching pad. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like he's a high end yeah. recruiter. He's a long time running back coach, of course. Uh, got like NFL experience mixed in. Uh, coming from Texas, of course, as a running back. Like the the litany of great running backs he's coach is awesome. Like yeah, I think he's gonna get Temple back to winning like eight games. I I I okay. So Stan Drayden deserves a head coaching job. This is a good spot for him to go. Uh, I don't love the staff. I don't like the staff hired, at all. Yeah, it, it not but, points, but yeah. Well, uh, I think they're going to be a ground and pound offense. Dan- Danny Langsdorf, the OC, is a Mike Riley guy, which yeah. I thought was interesting. He's uh, Oregon's, Oregon State's OC for like from like 05 to 2013. <laughs> yeah, and, and DJ DJ Elliott was the hire I liked even less as the DC. Mm-hmm. Like okay. he's just been a. He's jumped around and not had success as a DPC. Yeah. Um, they bring in Rutgers special teams coordinator uh, Adam Shire as theirs. Um, but it's a, it's, a, it's a steady hire. It's a B from me, mainly because I think Stan Drayton's a really good hire. Yeah, no, I and agree. I agree. Seven and a half for me. It, you know what it kind of reminded me of was uh, uh, when Marshall. I, Charles Huff, yeah. I thought the same Ch- thing. Hired Charles Huff. Like a guy who just deserved a shot because he keeps recruiting his ass off, keeps developing great running backs. And it, it's a G5 pro, program that is is a little above uh, every other one type now, thing. Now, Huff, Huff put an awesome uh, staff together. and he, he's Yes, he did. Yes, there. he did. So yes, I, I like did. that a little bit more. But, no, I, I feel I got this. I, the same thing crossed my mind when I was writing about this today. Also, can I say, the, the last uh, – prior to Kerry, the last four uh, Temple head coaches – Jeff Collins went to Georgia Tech. Matt Rule went to Baylor. Steve Adazio went to Boston College. Al Golden went to Miami. Where does Stan Drayton go? A couple, couple of callbacks. I love that. Um, <laughs> Stan Drayton is going to be the next head coach 
at. I don't know. Do you, do you have somewhere in mind? I'm trying to put this together. Um. Wow. I I I was hoping you would do it. North Carolina State. When Dave Dorm retires in 30 years. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I like it. <laughs> Syracuse. Oh. He was the Syracuse running back coach in 09. Locked yeah, it in. There it is. Uh, okay. Texas Tech. Jumping back in the great state. Uh, they hire Joey McGuire as their head coach, replacing Matt Wells. Didn't go well for Matt Wells. Uh, <laughs> here, Here is a kind of maybe a guy who's more of an unknown, but hired a one hell of a staff and is going to be phenomenal recruiting. I yeah. love this hire, AJ. This is, I think this is. My favorite hire in terms of total, like, just everything about it, whereas Joey McGuire is this big rah-rah guy who coached decades in in Texas at the high school level, did a great job at Baylor the last couple of years under both Matt Rule and Dave Aranda, was the assistant head coach under both. Um, and he, he hires Zach Kitley as his OC, who we obviously love. He was Western Kentucky's last mm-hmm. year with Bailey Zappi. At Houston Baptist before that, and at Texas Tech as a GA and student assistant before that, uh, just like Lincoln Riley. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, he's going to bring the air raid uh, back to Texas Tech. He's the perfect hire for OC. It, uh, they, they, this was mind-bogglingly perfect. And Tim DeRuiter as your DC, I like that a lot too because – you're going with Joey McGuire is this kind of recruit his ass off head coach who's going to be a lot more hands off with uh, the the uh, coordinators. So you get the young hotshot offensive coordinator and this wily old vet yeah. Tim DeRuiter, who's Oregon's DC last year, Cal's a couple years before that, had some success as Fresno State's head coach. So you get the head coaching experience in the room too, and he was at Texas A&M before that. So he's uh, been a DC in this state. Um, I think it all works perfectly. And McGuire's a guy who's coached both sides of the ball, too, which I think is a good thing. Um, and, oh, and their special teams coordinator is Kenny Perry, who's at SMU, another Texas Ties guy. Uh, it's kind of like uh, but the Power 5 version of uh, what UTSA did um, with uh, Jim Jim Trailer. Mm-hmm. Where they or Jeff sorry Jeff Trailer, uh, where they they hire just this guy who knows how to recruit the state of Texas because he's been in Texas for so long as a high school coach. Uh, it, it might not jump off the page to you because he's just been a position coach in the Power Five level, um, but the the way he fills up his staff, I don't know. I think it's really fun. I'm so happy about this. I, think- I like. I have such a sweet spot for Texas Tech. <laughs> I always remember the gra- the Crabtree touchdown. Um- yeah, no, I think I think this is really good too. I, I agree. It's like, especially for a guy that's not a household name in, in Joe McGuire, um, like you, you already you, you wax poetic here. He's already got a great start to the twenty twenty three class. Um, like you said, like I said, Kaylee's just perfect. Uh, Droider is just so great having like a, a an old solid vet. Um, it's such a low key, really nice job that you made really high key because it's so promising for Texas Tech. Yeah. It, it, it's so fun. Sorry, what'd you give it? What'd you give it? I never said it. Uh, oh, okay. I, I thought I did. I give it an A minus. I give it an eight. Okay. Maybe I bump it. I'm going to give it an eight and a half. I bump it. Eight and a half. Um, going to your favorite program in the yeah. group of five. Mm-hmm. Jumping over to Troy. Let's speed this up. <laughs> I didn't realize how long we've gone. Uh, 
Troy hired John Summerall as their head coach, replacing Chip Lindsey. Summerall had been on Neil Brown's Troy staff uh, when Troy was good. He is most recently Kentucky's defensive coordinator. Uh, it feels like, they're, to me, it's fine. Uh, he brought in Sh- Shield Wood as the D.C. who had been at Army. That's kind of cool. I think, I, I think it's a good hire. I think they're going to be a hard-nosed strong defensive team joe craddock is the oc who'd been uab's tight ends coach why are there so many guys who've been uab's tight ends coach uh but he'd been arkansas's oc and smu's oc so he's got experience there uh at higher levels um this is a b to me i don't know there's not a lot to get super excited about but i think it's a steady hire somewhere else like he's 39 he's a bama native he's been at troy before um i think it's a good snag for, for troy like Apparently, he's a strong recruiter, too. The one thing I do want to point out, and this I gave it a 7. I would have had a 7.5 if they lost a half point. Uh, speaking of the devil, you know who's on this stash? Cole Popovich, a.k.a. the Patriots off-the-line coach, who is the anti-vaxxer, and uh, and got, got fired for it. And they snagged him. Weird that he's come up two days in a row. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Weird. Speaking of the Patriots, moving up to UMass, uh, where Doc... Dr. Blitz replaces Walt Bell. Yeah. Dom Brown, who had been Arizona's D.C. this last year. Michigan's before that, obviously. Boston College before that. He had been UMass's head coach when they weren't at the FBS level. They went 43-19. and 19. Um, Obviously, very successful there. It, they, this is a program, like, I don't know what they're supposed to do. Yeah, there's no <laughs> way they could have gotten a better coach than Dom Brown. They hired Steve Kasula as the OCU. who had been a Michigan analyst. Love Keith. It. Dudzinski, who'd been in Arizona as the linebackers coach. Don Brown's uh, guy, yeah. Ben, ben Albert, co-DC at Duke as the special teams coordinator. Like, I don't know what they're supposed to do. I give it a D, though, because I just, like, it's not going to work. That's a bad take. I give it a seven and a half. Because, like, what they did as best they could. Well, the, the, but I also thought about it, and I was like, oh, you, you should hire the, the young, more up-and-coming, like, try and long-term build this. But that's what Walt Bell was yeah, supposed to be. Yeah, it didn't work, exactly. He was, he was a young offensive guy, and it just didn't work at all. Don's grooming Steve Kazula <laughs> for the job. Don't worry. Don't no, worry. the dude's going to be the head coach. The dude? Oh, I love the dude. Um. Yeah, I don't know. This is, uh, this is again, one of the schools, like, it's a UConn, New Mexico State, UMass. You can stick whatever letter grade on it. It doesn't matter. They, they're not going to succeed. We got to stop with all of them today. <laughs> Okay, let's go to USC, where Clay Helton's out, Lincoln Riley's in, leaves them, uh, leaves Norman, Oklahoma in the middle of the night, takes a head coach job at USC, brings everyone with him pretty much, recruits, quarterbacks, everyone. Alex Grinch is DC. Josh Henson is his OC, who'd been Texas A&M's O-line coach yeah. in Oklahoma State's before that. Pretty interesting. It feels like Bill Bendenbaugh might have had this job, but he didn't want it. Um, it's kind of, I mean, obviously he did a great job at, at Texas A&M, and it's just like let's just get an O line dude in here. I like know, that. Yeah, no, I do too. Because Lincoln Riley's offense, he's kind of just got the OC by title. I like it. He did a great job at A and M. So yeah. yeah, get get a, a a guy who's gonna fix up that USC offensive line so Lincoln Riley can do his shit. They I bring love Dennis the Simmons. Yeah, bring keeping keeping the continuity of Alex Grinch. Um, I'm not a big Alex Grinch guy. Oh, yeah, but. But I think it's a, a guy who's been in the Pac-12. That's yeah. like a bonus too. Obviously, yeah. at Washington State, um, and and he's been with Lincoln Riley. Uh, Dennis Simmons coming with him. I mean that that's a no-brainer for Lincoln Riley. He's been his right hand man in Oklahoma for the last handful of years. Roy Manning and, and and Simmons has was Washington State's receivers coach too, so he knows the Pac-12. 
Yeah, Roy Manning goes too. Uh, they retain Dante Williams, which I think is the biggest slam dunk of it all, who have been Oregon's corners coach, one of the best recruiters in the country, had been uh, at USC mm-hmm. since 2020, was the interim head coach. Like, this is an A+. This is the, this is the real highest grade I've given. Yeah, yeah, I gave it 10 out of 10. Um, they snake Sean Nua too for Michigan. I think that's a swoon too. Uh, yeah, USC is going to be back on top of the Pac-12 soon, and they're going to be there for a long time. And, I mean, the only talking point is, will, will they be able to get back to the national dominance and compete with the college football playoff regulars, like like Michigan? You know what I mean? So, um, that's, that's the only thing. 10 out of 10. It's perfect. I mean, fight on. Uh, wow. Okay. USC is cool again. Caleb Williams is going to be fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, a, a school that surprisingly lost their head coach when Bronco Mendenhall resigned. Yeah. Uh, Virginia. Tony Elliott comes over from Clemson. Dabo loses both coordinators one year. Uh, yeah, Tony Elliott, Tony Elliott in uh, brings Des Kitchings in as his OC, who has been the Falcons' running backs coach. John Rudzinski is his DC, who's Air Force's DC. <laughs> Keith Gaither is a special teams coordinator, his Army's receivers That's coach. Sick. I the problem to me here is like Bronco Mendenhall resigning makes me think something's up with administration. Uh, and then on top of that, like they had so many, like they lost all of their best offensive linemen. I think they lost four, lost four offensive linemen. Um, a bunch of a bunch of guys declaring and transferring. Tony Elliott's gonna be in a hole early. Yeah, I don't like I don't like the staff he hired. It's, I like Tony Elliott. I don't like his staff. I agree with that too. Um, it's kind of weird that this is the job that Tony Elliott finally pounced on. You know what I mean? It feels like he's gonna have much better jobs in the in the past ten years. Is it because he knows the downturns coming at Clemson? Him and Venables mm-hmm. both leave. I mean, they he cooled off obviously last year, right? Um, no, yeah, I think I like Tony Ellis. I think he's a solid coach. He's had his ups, ups, ups. He's had a bit of downs, and but I think it's a good swing by UVA. But it's just eh, overall because I, I agree, I don't like his staff very much. Yeah, and like it just. Like, Bronco Mendenhall was doing such a great job. I, I give it a C+. Plus. I give it a 7, just because Elliot's got that, that you know, that, that still got that prestige to him. But, yeah, I don't know. Um, Virginia Tech. With the Commonwealth Cup, baby. Let's do it. Justin Fuente out. Brent Pry in. Penn State's defensive coordinator the last, like, six years. Um, hires Tyler Bowen as his OC, who had been Sick. with him at Penn State as the tight ends coach, was the Jags tight ends coach. Love all the Jags assistance game jobs. Jags tight ends were great this year. O'Shaughnessy, you remember? Um, Fathom. Hires Chris Marv as his DC, who had been at LS, or at Florida State, had been at Mississippi State, and was with him at Vanderbilt. Um, yeah. Or, no, was at Vanderbilt after him, sorry. Um, Stu Holt as his special teams coordinator, had been at App State and Louisville. Another Satterfield guy. Uh, and retains J.C. Price as his assistant head coach, who uh, was the interim for Virginia Tech this past year in the Co-DC, uh, who... Also been at Marshall knows the area. I think this is a pretty strong, fine hire. I like. I think this get brings Virginia Tech more back to their roots, their roots of playing good defense and special teams, uh, Beamer ball, if you will. Um, I like. I, I I give it a B. Like I'm not jumping at the gym for it, but I think it, it it's it makes sense coming off Fuente. I think that's fair. I don't like it. I think it's weird. I I think Pry's been a solid DC at Penn State. Uh, obviously, been a James Franklin dude. I, I just—it's a weird hire to me, and I, I understand where you're coming from with that. I just—I don't see this working. I don't see this working. You, I give it a five. You love Justin Fuente. I love. Shut up. You know, I'm just pounding the table with Justin Fuente here. But it's just weird. I don't know. It's just, it's just such uh, to me. It's what, totally uninspiring. Pl- 
play strong defense and throw to the tight end. That's all I want to move out of my Virginia Tech. That sounds pretty good. You're right. You're right. (laughs) You know what else I'm right about? Sports Drink. Because today's episode of 7 Rounds in Heaven is brought to you by Sports Drink, your digital water cooler. Sports Drink is a newly created internet community that tries to find the intersection of sports and not sports. They're here to help us grow and to hate your favorite team. A rising tide lifts all boats, so go check them out online or on social. Go to sportsdrink.org or open Instagram and type in at sportsdrink, spelled like sportsdrink without the vowels. All we ask is that you close the door behind you. We're trying not to let the funk out. A lot of funk in, in the state of Washington these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, two, two, final, two final programs to talk about here. University of Washington, University of Washington State. You're either a cougar or a husky in my house. I'm a husky. No, I'm not. I'm a cougar. Uh, we'll start with the, the Huskies though. Uh, Kalen DeBoer comes in, Jimmy Lake out, uh, Jimmy Lake ending in such a, just everything about the Jimmy Lake tenure weird. Um, obviously like kind of Chris Pearson's handpicked guy and everything goes wrong. And I still can't believe it. Yeah. Yeah. DeBoer coming up from Fresno state, uh, brings Ryan Grubb, his OC from Fresno state with him, uh, brings, uh, William Inge, who had been his DC at Fresno State, brings him with him. Brings Chuck Morrill with him. Fresno State safety. It's basically Fresno State's whole staff is now Washington staff, and then they also brought Nick Sheridan as as the tight ends coach, who had been at Indiana with uh, DeBoer. Uh, yeah, I thought it was the one interesting one is, is bringing Jamarcus Shepard, who was Purdue's co-OC, which is a little interesting. Um, I don't. I, I I'm not that high on Kalen DeBoer. If I'm being nope. completely, completely honest, I'm with you. I'm with you. I think this is too quick of an ascension. Like, yep. 18 games as Fresno's head coach. He went 12-6. and six, Obviously had a really good year last year. Uh, but it built, was Built a monster in, at Sioux Falls before that. Yeah. yeah. In, in my head, it's like it was – he was there for such a short period of time. Like, it was mainly Jeff Tedford's team still. Exactly. Yeah. And, obvi- and, like, he didn't elevate them to a level that Tedford hadn't. Like, he won 10 games this year after going 3-3 three and three in the COVID year. Yeah. Um, But, like, Tedford was – won 22 games in over two years at one point there um i don't know and, and just like bringing everyone from fresno state with you and then not getting not getting your quarterback to come with you yeah yeah totally. come back i don't know i give it a c it just i didn't think it was that washington i i to me washington should be striving to be a true pack it should be oregon usc and washington like when Chris Peterson was there, we saw what they can do when Chris Peterson's there. They made the fucking college football playoff. Yeah, this feels like a return to. I don't know. I don't want to say Tyron Willingham because he was so bad, but like this seems like a, a like the board's gonna win like seven eight games. Yeah, Will- Sark. Like that's, Sark. Yeah. yeah, but less inspiring, I guess. No, I totally agree. I gave it a six out of ten. Um, the fact that to me the fact that Washington State retained. Their interim head coach, and I like that hire a lot more. Says I think that says a lot. Jake Dickert stays on. Uh, obviously, took over for Rolovich when Rolovich refused to get vaccinated. Goes three and three as Washington State's head coach. Was there the previous two years as the DC. Came over from Wyoming. Uh, Craig Bull guy. Um, he hires Brian Ward as his DC, coming from Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh. But the big one is he hired Eric Morris as his offensive coordinator, who had been incontinent world's head coach the last couple of years, was Texas Tech's OC before that, has coached at Washington State as a receivers coach. He brought Cam Ward with him, uh, his quarterback. Um, Eric Morris is going to run the, the air raid. And I think Washington State 
they've kind of found this identity running the air raid and the run and shoot the last uh, under Rolo for the short period and, and Mike Leach obviously before that. Mm-hmm. So I think that Eric Morris hires are really big. And I think Jake Dicker did, like is a steady, solid pick in a year when there's no one. Like to me, they they couldn't have hired anyone that was going to be a great hire. Yeah. Especially given what Washington did. So just play it safe. Stick with Jake Dickard, and if he's not it, you'll know in a year. Yeah. No, I I don't blame them at all for skipping this cycle and just playing it safe with Dickard, and especially like he didn't finish too poorly, especially what the mess Rolovich left him with. Um. I don't know if I see working out though. That's that's like my only. I I think the Morris Ward get is Zappy Kitley too. But at, at a higher level, oh, oh, oh. Well, like words no, no. again. People are talking about. Stop what? for a second. Not at a higher level. That's impossible. Zappy's. I, oh, sorry. I, I mean higher level. Like thank you. For it's in the power school. five. Yes. Thank you for it, Yeah. No. Yeah. Ward's gonna throw for seventy touchdowns. <laughs> I I just let I just let them one up the dogs here. I gave them a six and a half. I give them a B plus. I really like it. I okay. like what I saw from Jake Dickert. I love the Eric Morris hire. Nick Whitworth is a special teams coordinator. He's coached at Portland State. He, he's coached at Texas State. He, he, he's he been kind of all over. Uh, I don't know. I I just think I, I'm probably giving it a bump because I think it was smarter to just retain Dickert than yeah. try and hire all of Fresno State staff. <laughs> no, if they entered the cycle, I don't think it would have worked out well for them. I, I agree no. there. And, and I like, again, I like that he went out and got his own OC who's going to – Bring this area back to Washington State. Yeah, I mean, just keeping uh, identities in college football is the best part about it. Amen. Look around. You can find cars like these on Auto Trader, like that car riding right your tail. Or if you're tailgating right now, all those cars doubling as kitchens and living rooms are on Auto Trader too. Are you working out and listening to this ad at the same time? Well, multitasking pro. Cars like the ones in the gym parking lot are for sale on Auto Trader. New cars, used cars, electric cars, maybe even flying cars. Okay, no flying cars, but as soon as they get invented, they'll be on Auto Trader. Just you wait. Auto Trader.